All right, what is up? Welcome back. Uh, my name is Noah Hills. You can find me on Twitter at Noah More Parties. You can find my written work and my rankings on running backs at noahmoreparties.com. And as you can see, I'm here at my desk today, not at the normal chair, because uh, today is a is a special episode of whatever it is that I do. Because today I have a special guest. He's he's one of the guys that that I look up to in this space as a player evaluator in the fantasy context, outside the fantasy context. Kind of one of the givens for me, like if you're, if you care about what kinds of players these prospects are, um, you go to Angelo. But I think if you're not on Twitter, you might not know who Angelo is. If you're just out here on these, these YouTube streets, you might know who, you might not know who Angelo is. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Angelo, thanks for joining me, man. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got AngeloAnalysis.com where you're pumping out uh, prospect evals on the regular. Go ahead and give us a little bit of a... Little of a little bit of a rundown of like what you do, what the, what that's all about. For sure, man. Uh, first, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, always love our conversations, um, like via DMs and just just talking and chatting prospects, man. So um, it's fun to finally be on here with you. But yeah, I mean, a little bit about me. Um, so I, I work in sport and human performance. So I work a lot in player evaluation. So whether it's you know athletes getting ready for pro days, combines, or it's um athletes that are you know trying to you know compete collegiately or post collegiately. Um, that's what I do in working with coaches and evaluators and and athletes themselves. So for me, I'm kind of on the ground floor of player evaluation. So I work a lot with individuals um, as well as teams and coaches. So uh, it's cool to be able to kind of put that content out on my, you know, on my website at angelanalysis.com and then on Twitter too and doing all the threads and talking about what kind of movers they are, how they act and react in space and what this kind of means for also their fantasy prospects. Because for me, I'm a big dynasty gamer, man. I'm in a ton of leagues. I'm telling with my buddies as well from high school and college. So uh, it's been a lot of fun um, doing that stuff and providing insight on it. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so find him, Angelo underscore fantasy, um, at Angelo underscore fantasy on Twitter, AngeloAnalysis.com. He's got free profiles for Zach Charbonnet, Zach Evans, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, all up on the website right now, in addition to like quarterbacks and wide receivers. Like he does more than just running backs. But I want to jump into uh, some rookie running back talk here. And speaking of Bijan Robinson, you have a fairly unique process. You just touched on it a little bit where you're coming at it from this perspective that you have from being a former athlete yourself, as well as like working hands on with athletes. Um, but you also incorporate a good amount of like analytics into your process along with film study. Right. Um, and you have what, what you call the ascension grades, which is essentially like a numerical grading scale based on your film study and analytics and, and things like that, that essentially goes right. up to like 75 would be like one of the max scores. And that's like sure. the, yeah. the, yeah, 75 is like the gold jacket tiers, like hall of fame caliber prospects. Bijan Robinson for you has a 77.48, which is obviously above that 75-point threshold, puts him in the Hall of Fame tier. What other prospects, just, just kind of for some context around, you know, the level of prospect that you sure. view Bijan at, what other prospects at any positions have graded out that highly for you? It's a great question. Uh, really only... Th- Three, including Bajan. I mean, I've been I've been doing this since 2019, so not too long. I've uh, got four years now, going on five next year. But the other two are Jonathan Taylor and Kyle Pitts. Um, and you you mentioned you know Todd Gurley on on the show sheet, but he's probably the one that compares most favorably to Bajan, I'd say. But just because the way they impact the game as runner and receiver, I think Bajan's a little more versatile in terms of, in terms of alignment and how he can impact the game in terms of um, formations and things like that. But 
Also, like Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts. Taylor's one, I think, coming out. I biggest thing was I saw the like the efficiency, the movement economy. That was a big one for me. And then paired with a guy who's run, you know, 10-3, 10-4 in the 100 meters. Big, big play guy, obviously, and, and can carry the load in offense. Um, and Kyle Pitts <laughs> hasn't, hasn't quite hit yet. Um, but I think he has the the capabilities too with with his size and I mean he's he's one of the unicorns of the past decade in terms of athleticism for for a guy of his stature. So um, I'm waiting on him a bit. I, I think <laughs> last year's injury kind of kind of bogged him down, but um, I, I think hopefully this year in a you know in a revamped offense with a with a new quarterback, he can he can kind of get up there and um, prove that he's a Pro Bowl caliber plus prospect. Yeah, for sure. I, I think. I personally would call that one a win already. He hasn't produced like it yet, but, you know, circumstances there in Atlanta haven't been great. Um, So you kind of touched on this, but you've only been uh, really seriously, like, scouting these guys since 2019. You mentioned Todd Gurley. So Bijan over over Brees Hall then, for sure, for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. I I just think it's the difference, I think, between a guy like Bijan and Brees Hall. It's not even them as a runner, because you can kind of say that Brees Hall is one of the top four or five runners in the NFL right now. And I think that's correct. Um, but I think it's the way that Bajan can be used as a receiver. That's the difference, right? You see him line up in the slot, line up out wide, kind of be a positionless in terms of a playmaker on the field. You can you can basically toss him anywhere. One of the most scheme-versatile guys um, in the past decade, in my opinion, from someone who can run between the tackles, he can run outside zone, you can put him in the slot, like I said. So that's the difference for me um, with a guy like Robinson. Um, coming into the draft. All right, let's talk about, uh, there, there's two guys in this class who kind of stick together in my mind, uh, Sean Tucker and Tank Bigsby. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense, but both of them, especially Bigsby, like really kind of came onto the scene at Auburn as a true freshman, was really a dominant player early on in his career. Sean Tucker, not quite the same level of production, but like so good on a per touch basis early on. Both of them, you know, as they became like bigger parts of their offenses and those offenses kind of crumbled around them or maybe they, you know, had some injury, like their careers just kind of didn't expand upon those strong like early seasons. So they stick together in my mind. In your rankings, you have Tucker much higher than you have Bigsby. What are the, obviously they're not the same player, but like what kind of are the distinguishing factors uh, for a guy like Tucker o- over a guy like Bigsby? Yeah, I think first, like when you looked at, there's kind of like, I'd say a group of three, um, besides Robinson, you can include him before. as Evans, Bigsby, and Tucker as like freshmen, right? These were the guys too, when you looked at, you know, when, when they were freshmen, we were like, oh my gosh, these are guys that are going to be, you know, round one, round two picks in the NFL draft like we were banking on it i was too and then we saw a couple things happen we saw a guy a guy like tucker he seemingly got better throughout college he became more disciplined um obviously you know the big playability with him is still there play speed's probably the biggest differentiating factor between a pucker and a guy like bigsby um because he's a guy who's ran like six nine the six meter dash right this is a this is a legitimate big play threat at the nfl level at the position and then Guys like Bigsby and Evans, we just got more questions with them as their careers went on. Still the same levels of talent as we thought they were as freshmen, but now we have more questions about them, and I think the NFL has more questions about those two guys too. Um, I think 
Tucker is a bit more economical, not as erratic as a mover. Uh, Tucker kind of profiles similar to a guy like Rashad Penn. I think he's best in a two-down role. I don't think he's a, a true three-down back. I don't think he has the the receiving skills at the depth of that to be you know a high-profile receiver at the NFL level. But he's he's good enough to to be on the field in some of those situations. But I think like a Rashad Penny type um, role is is what I envision for him. Um, and Bigsy's one of those guys too, like has a ton of talent, T- ton of talent through contact makes, makes guys miss in, in some odd ways. I have to go back and watch, but he gets the job done. But I mean, his offensive line was terrible. That's one thing too. Like it, it's so hard being a running back, especially in the sec with bottom tier line play. Like that's, you know, that's a death sentence for you. So right. um, it's, it's interesting to kind of see, you know, um, how he's going to be viewed by the NFL and where he's going to go. Yeah, I've kind of moved both those guys, Tucker and Bigsby, up recently as I just kind of think through them. And and with Bigsby specifically, I, I'm coming around to the idea that like his his dip in production, his dip in efficiency was you know circumstantial, maybe quite a bit. Right. Like he was playing hero ball behind a bad offensive line. But yeah, he's you know when you see him like especially out in space where he's making people miss, and he's got a little he doesn't right he doesn't have that speed that Tucker has, but he's got a little sure. bit of open field juice. He's an exciting guy who. I think maybe getting a little bit more overlooked now. You know, people are way lower on him than they have been and might have overcorrected in that area. But you 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 mentioned Zach Evans, who's a guy that I'm big on. Other people are not so much. You seem like not so much. Um, but you you comp him on the website to uh, a combination of Elijah Mitchell and Miles Sanders, which I thought was an interesting pairing because those players don't usually strike people as particularly similar, and maybe they're not. Um, but I. I, I kind of see sure. where you're where you're getting at, but do you want to kind of explain that comp? Like, what yeah. elements of those players' games do you see in Evans? For sure, I, I think it, it's funny because I think they all all three of them share the same inconsistency throughout their games, but also similar like wow abilities and abilities to hit big plays. Like when I watch Zach Evans, there are plays for me where I, I'm like, my goodness, I know why this guy was the, the top running back recruit in the nation. Like other times where I'm like, what the heck is going on here, right? <laughs> so it's 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 funny because I, I've I've had some of those same moments, especially with Miles Sanders. I, I simply remember evaluating Sanders coming out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's a Pro Bowler, and I'm like, oh my gosh, is he gonna be in the league in three years? Right. So I've had those moments, and I had those similar moments with Evans, and a lot of it's where they struggle in their delay as a processor, right? They're late processors of information. Uh, who who have the tendencies to kind of panic a bit during closures of space. Like I've noticed that with Evans, there's kind of a sometimes you can kind of see the question mark pop up over their heads. Like, what do I do now? Mm. Right. And that's an interesting thing for me when I watch it. Cause physically like these guys are very talented, all three of them. Yeah. Right. These are physically talented dudes, high level athletes for their height and weight. But it's interesting. Cause I think, all three can hit on big plays. You just don't trust them all with a super, super large workload. It was funny because when I when I was evaluating Zach Evans and when I go through essentially like their volume, like their volume skill set, right? Like how many times for me did they touch the ball 15 times or more per game in college? And Evans is only like at 33% of his games. Yeah. Right? And that was interesting because the only two backs in the past few years that have had a rate lower than 35% who have been successful were Tony Pollard and he played receiver at Memphis actually, which is funny. <laughs> And he, his was only like at 2% because he didn't touch the ball. Right. Obviously, very much 50 plus times. And then Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs was, you know, one of those guys who was in the, the Bama committees and came out. And he's a first round pick, though. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay. 
got it. So if it's a guy that's going to kind of break that mold, it's going to be Josh Jacobs. So for me, it's like, okay, where's a guy like Evans fit in the NFL um, in terms of a, like a touch share perspective? I think he's going to have to rely more on efficiency than anything. And if he can stay on the field, I think he's going to be a great addition to a to a room um, as a potential late day three, early you know late sorry late day two, early day three pick. Um, but those are kind of what I'm seeing from all three of those guys. But the thing is, like all like Elijah Mitchell was on pace to be an RB one his rookie right. year, right, until he got injured. Miles Sanders wasn't, I think he was a high-end RB2 this year. But, I mean, in the right offense, a guy like a guy like Evans can thrive. I think he's a, he's also a prospect, I think, that needs a year or two as a professional athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just looking at kind of the timeline and some of the flags that popped up, like, I don't... I don't like when people say like character concerns and things like that. We don't really know these guys, right? right? We don't know them as people. It, it, it's just kind of like okay, like you're you're getting as much as you can from like newspaper clippings and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, right? <laughs> so it's like, what are you talking about? But when you look at you know the interviews and things like that, and some of the happenings, we don't obviously know details, but like okay, you know what? This is a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is a you know 21 year old kid who just needs a professional system and people to guide and mentor him and. And to help him grow up, which is totally fine. Right. right. I remember myself when I was 21, and and you know I, I could probably say the same thing about me. But I think that's going to be something that's going to help him out a lot as he gets into a system with um, a veteran running back room and you know welcoming coaching staff and all of that stuff. I think will really help him more than anything because um, the the abilities there. He has lead back ability. He has Pro Bowl caliber talent, just like Miles Sanders has. But it's going to be hey, can he get in the right environment? to kind of help him thrive and just do it with consistency. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm completely with you on the character concerns thing. It's like we we can see all these like this breadcrumb trail of like weird stories about Zach Evans. We <laughs> yeah. we've we've never met Zach Evans, but like even if he turns out to be a good guy, which like in interviews he seems like a good kid, but NFL teams are going to have these same questions. And so even if it's just the way that that manifests itself in like his opportunity at the next level. It's something you got to care about. But I also thought it was, you, you mentioned, uh, Miles Sanders looks like a pro bowler. Miles Sanders looks like, like, can this guy even play in the league? I feel like he's, (laughs) I feel like he's looked like that in the league at different times. Like sometimes he plays like a pro bowler. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, man, put Boston Scott in the game. This dude is killing us. It's, it's so funny because you know, I'm a big, I'm a bears fan. I grew up in Chicago. Unfortunately, um, but for, for me, I watch a lot of Eagles games. So I love Jalen Hurts, love Devontae Smith, and a lot of them in my dynasty teams. And my friends give me so much shit because I'm like, like I'll in our group chats, I'll be like, Miles Sanders missed another hole. <laughs> And I'm like, it's like happened so much. But I'm like, uh-huh. oh my god, dude, that was, that was a sick like 45 yard run. Like, it's so, it's so funny to be watching Miles Sanders in the NFL because it's so frustrating, but it's just so beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that like beautiful frustration is what I envisioned for Zach Evans, um, which is not necessarily a terrible thing because um, Miles Sanders has been decent, but. Uh, that's kind of what I see with him, and you know, getting a little PTSD with that. Um, but but no, man, it's 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 funny because I think there's there's some decent parallels with those two. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like the J.R. Smith or something of of running backs, where it's like it's, <laughs> sometimes it's like a three sixty dunk, sometimes it's like a step back air ball. But yeah. let's let let's pivot to a guy who seems to be a little bit more more composed. Uh, you, you have Chase Brown as your RB seven. You mentioned you're from Chicago. Uh-huh. 
Chase Brown played for Illinois. He's your RB7, solidly in front of like a lot of, a lot of the like sexy names in this class. What do you like about Chase Brown's game and what kind of role do you kind of envision for him in the NFL? That's a great question. I think for a guy like Brown, he's just one of those solid backs I think will stick around the league for a while. Like he's tough through contact, has good enough play speed to hit chunks if he gets room. Um, he brings sort of like an attitude to a running back, right? Because when you hear people talk about his twin brother, Sidney, that's kind of the same sentiment you get at, on the other side of the ball. Um, just high level high level effort, great attitude, um, brings it every single play. It's kind of like how I think teams view David Montgomery and Jamal Williams. It's the kind of the energy givers of the room. Those are guys you absolutely need need in your RB room, right? Those are really important guys. They can carry the load for you. They can, you know, they can play more of a, a third down pass pro role. They're not great at anything, but they're good or average at really everything you can ask them to do on the field. And that's kind of how I feel about Chase Brown. There's not like one thing I'm like, oh my gosh, he's exceptional at. But I'm like, you know what? He's He's someone who I think at the NFL level can play a lead back. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If he's asked to, he's going to you know, bring high energy effort on any play. And he's athletic enough to create big plays for himself, right? Not the best mover in space, but I think he's going to be someone the NFL really likes. Especially with too high being much bigger thing than it was four or five years ago um he's someone that, that can kind of create chunks and i i'm a I'm, I'm a fan of him i'm gonna lie to myself actually which is funny um but i was not i've actually never been high on an illinois line i offensive player i remember when we, God, who was it? aj jenkins remember aj jenkins receiver right um, the falcons receiver receiver was drafted by the 49ers in the first okay, round. I okay. had no idea why i had no idea why and i was wild i just had no idea why i was a first round pick so I can maybe be excited about one Alani offensive yeah, player. Yeah, um, you got this one. Chase Brown. But... 
I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, I think he's, I think he's going to be someone for me, like role wise, like I kind of envision like a Mark Ingram type Um, mentioned, you know, M- Montgomery and Williams. I think Ingram's, you know, kind of in that same vein in terms of energy giver. Like we saw, you know, obviously Ingram with like Camara, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of when he was at his peak. And I think, you know, Brown would be best in like a, a committee like that, like a one, one, a one B punch. Okay. Okay, yeah, and I think it's interesting, like, Chase Brown, obviously at the Combine, tested out super athletic. Like, he, his closest athletic comp is, like, Jarek McKinnon. And a lot of those, like, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram-type guys are often, like, they're often good at a lot of the little things because they have to be, just because they're not as, like, they're not the elite athletes on the field, where Chase Brown, maybe he might be that. And, like, that, that Jarek McKinnon comp is one that I kind of like because McKinnon has stuck around because he's decided sure. he's decided to make himself good at all of those little things and like be that kind of like dependable presence in the running back room maybe Chase Brown turns out to be you know like a guy like that who just kind of sticks around because he makes himself dependable on top of having that like athletic juice but speaking of athletic juice you have a, a unique background where you're coming um, you know you, you have history yourself as an athlete you work work with athletes and you talk about um, you, you have these terms on your website like movement toolbox. You, I think you talked about movement inventory, uh, nonlinear athletic capabilities. These kinds of these elements of player skill or dexterity or you know movement capabilities that aren't necessarily tested in like a combine or pro day environment. And so, are mm-hmm. there are there guys in this class who you view as having those types of you know, movement skills that you care about who wouldn't necessarily pop in a combine environment um, and, and maybe vice mm-hmm. versa. Like who are who are the guys who aren't going to run a fast 40, but like you're impressed by them as athletes regardless? Yeah, I think the first one that comes to mind, honestly, it's, it's Deuce Vaughn. I mean, it's so funny because like guys in my space and a lot of my friends and colleagues in sport performance, like we all have the same sentiment about Deuce Vaughn that he's an absolute baller. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because he's like he's like five five, right? So it's like, how is this guy going to fit into the NFL offense? He, you know, he's too small to get volume. But you know, I watched him at Kansas State. I'm like, he's literally too good for them not to give him the ball. Like that doesn't happen very often in the Power Five, especially for a guy who's under 180 pounds, under five ten, five nine, right. five eight, right? So he he has this this non prototypical size, and he touched the ball at a higher fifteen touch a more clip than Bajan Robinson. Like he touched the ball 15 more times, like an 83 plus percent of his games. That's that's a really high mark. And that's because they trusted him with a large role. They trusted him as a receiver. And so he's a guy that like, he didn't test a lot at the combine. I don't know if he tested it at all, actually. Cause I was yeah, trying to I watch don't think so. Yeah. So for me, a guy like him, it's just how quickly he processes information and also how he pairs that with just, being so efficient but yet like sporadic as a mover right you have no idea like what he's gonna do he he keeps defenders guessing he's someone in the open field it's, it's you know it's it's like catching it's like uh, catching a lightning bug in a jaw right? <laughs> yes yeah as a kid like That's you know good. when you went outside you, you're just trying to mm-hmm. like I, I probably went like oh for like 1000 um <laughs> but that's kind of like how i envision deuce vaughn like he's just so hard to corral and in tight spaces in the open field um so he's a guy like in a combine setting that's like that's just not gonna do very well thought kind of suddenly like way back before i started with like cooper cup was a big one okay um like alvin Kamara was a big one too for me in the past i'm like well this guy's like you know alvin Kamara like in the mid four fives right mm-hmm. but it's like 
just just his ability to to create space for himself, both in like congested areas and in the open. Super big deal. Um, Devontae Smith, obviously, during that year, uh, he didn't have a combine. I don't think. Um, yeah, I think he was hurt. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the yeah that was the um he broke his what was it his his finger during the national championship yeah something like that um yeah and then um kind of the other side of the coin i think the one that popped out to me at the combine i think it was the eric prince the Mm. tulsa running yeah and i'm like well this guy tested the upper percentile whenever a guy like tests in the upper percentile and i don't either i haven't really graded him very high or i'm like you know what like i gotta go back and look at this dude in a a guy who's like hyper athletic right like like that it's hard when they don't like marry that with decision making because that sometimes mm-hmm. takes a while, right? But I think being like on the ground floor of things, the one thing I, I've kind of started to understand is the faster you play, the faster you have to process information. So if you don't play as fast, think of guys like Cooper Cup, think of guys like Devontae Adam, right? Like these guys don't play very fast, but they can change speeds. Right. And they can process and they can process what's in front of them, right? These aren't these aren't four two four three dudes, but they can play and change pace and and understand leverage and have a really good internal clock internal clock, and that's the super important stuff. But like guys like Prince who test really well, but like they're just linear athletes. Like you see it when you watch Prince play, really upright runner, very linear driven. Um, needs you know three years or so in the NFL system to potentially mitigate some of those issues. But that's like the tougher thing when you see some of those guys, right? Like sometimes they pan out like an Isaiah Pacheco, right? Right. Like who actually, you know, ran four, three, eight, I think. And then, you know, obviously got drafted late by the Kansas city chiefs and, and now he's he was starting over a first round so it's it's you know it's crazy when you look at how how things can pan out like that if guys develop in the right system but like it's you know guys like denaric prince i think is a little bit you know more profound in that case but yeah i think it's just tough because you know you have hyper athletic guys who just aren't great decision makers um it's like what do those guys really stand for nfl teams probably like an end of roster type player but yeah it's, it's interesting to me when i watch those guys because it's, it's they have a a, a kind of a bigger uphill climb to what the NFL offers from like a from like a decision making standpoint. Right, right. Okay, kind of uh, kind of along those same lines. Is there a running back in this class who who has like flaws, but that you view these flaws as particularly like teachable or correctable enough that you know y- you envision this player as like a guy that if he if he can figure out these few things he could be much better in the nfl than he currently like grades out as a prospect is is there a guy in this class that kind of sticks out to you in that way in the running back class i think there's three um zach evans we talked about him at length um i think he's like i said a pro bowl caliber physical talent but it just has to slow things down as a processor right all three of these guys have the same processing coupling issues i think tank bigsby he's another big one i think physically obviously he was a you know the devi space top five devi pick as a, as a freshman top three in most leagues in one of my i think he went number two yeah um but he was super super high and then i think izzy okay i think he's a big one from pit i think he's someone too that i think kind of shares that same process coupling issue just plays really fast mm-hmm. plays really hard but it's like you're driving through the snow at 100 miles an hour and it's a blizzard and you're like i hope i don't hit anything yeah like i feel like i feel like sometimes like there's like there's nothing peripheral there's there's does not like a feel-based element to his game but if he attains that i mean he's a he's a 
physically talented dude who can lead in our B room. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of his game and, and how he can kind of, you know, ascend up into the ranks of being, hey, this is the guy that leads, you know, leads running back room. Um, those are guys, all three of those guys, I think, can be a thousand yard rushers in the NFL. Yeah. It's just, will they improve enough for NFL offenses to give them that type of workload? Yeah. Um, so those are definitely the, the three for me that stick out. Okay, yeah. Abanacan is an interesting one to me as well because he's obviously so explosive, so fast. He's got the he's got the size for it. And I do think some of his like mental shortcomings, I guess, where, yeah, he, he does kind of run like he's got like blinders on where he just sees it and goes. Yeah. And I think that that's not just, that's an issue that like comes mentally, but I also think it keeps him from having like a lot of power because he doesn't have that peripheral like feel to be able to like absorb contact or, or, you know, see a tackle coming and he just gets like lit up on his way to the open field because he just sees it and goes. Okay. La- last one, I think. Uh, y- you talked earlier about Bijan Robinson having this like schematic versatility. Um, you mentioned in your profile on the website of him that he could fit into, you know, like a hybrid gap zone system. Like it doesn't really matter for Bijan. He's, he's, sure. he's good enough um, that he can do whatever. Are there, who are the other guys in this class, first of all, that you view as having, maybe not to that level, but can play equally well in gap and zone and who are the guys that are going to be a little bit more like schematic dependent at the next level because their skill set is conducive to one but not necessarily the other sure no i, I that's a great question i think uh first one that pops in my head is uh zach Chubinet. I, I think he's a dude i think Chubinet is an old school like throw it back a decade back right i think he's 20 touch per game guy he's going to be someone that can help you as a receiver help you as a you know in pass pro run gap run outside zone inside zone you know be someone you can you know rely on in the screen game huge fan of what he does i think he's one of the safer picks to be you know at least an above average nfl player um in this draft cycle the position for sure um kendra miller's one too like i He's one I like in terms of hey he, he can he's a Jordan Howard type guy for me, right? Okay. He's, I don't think he's going to offer very much to, with for you as a receiver, but I think can run gap, run zone, um, better inside zone than outside zone because I think he has trouble accelerating in like back into the middle of the field like in, during cutbacks and out of those. But I think he's a good downhill guy, right? In a downhill type system, I think he'd be great. Um, he, My, he he just runs so hard too. He's so fun he's to watch. So hard. He's like yeah, he's, he's no, like, he, like Chris yeah. Carson or Damian Pierce or something yeah, like. Yeah, man, for so sure. I, I think he'd be great. Like in an uh, honestly with Arthur Smith, I think that's my, that's my mm. kind of dream fit for him because I think he he comp, like him and him and Algier would kind of complement each other pretty well. Um, but I think he's one that's pretty solid. Um, Evan Hall's one too, in in a, kind of an interesting way because I think he can be utilized as a receiver in kind of like the Giovanni Bernardish role, you know, in okay. pass pro. But I think he offers some versatility for you as a runner if he can, if because Northwestern wasn't very good. Right. Um, but he can he can offer you some versatility there. But I think the one that's I kind of the most interesting because he's. I think he's like the the quote unquote like weapon of the class is Jameer Gibbs. I, I think that's going to be one that's interesting because I think he's primarily an outside zone type guy. Um, if you kind of look at his splits of where he performed really well, performed the left on um, the left side really well off tackle. You know he's shown elements of his game to slow things down. And when I see that, I'm like, okay, th- this kid might actually have something because he's not overly you know he's not overly big, just just south of 200 pounds. Um, 
probably not going to be an A or B gap guy, but he shows the ability to process that really well and couple that with some of the best feet we've seen in the last five, six years, in my opinion, in terms of marrying that with his processing. I think that's that's, that's pretty incredible what he can do in that capacity. But um, like for me, the biggest thing versatility-wise with Gibbs is you can line up anywhere. You can line up out wide, line up in the slot. He can you know play receiver for you. I remember there was a play, it was against Kansas State when he was playing with who's playing for Alabama it was third and 10. You know, he ran a little option route in the slot, you know, got open, hands catch, took it like 45, 50 yards, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's like the thing that I think that's interesting with a guy like Gibbs is he was used in a lot of very high leverage situations as a receiver, not just as a runner. There was that play, the play against Texas when he took an, you know, just an arrow route and he took it 20 yards in the last drive of the game to set up a score. Like, that's I think the unique part about his game more so from like just a overall schematic versatility standpoint not just as a pure runner it's just how an offense can utilize him and you know create chunk plays move the change I I think that's a really interesting one for me when we talk about the upside there with Gibbs Um, on the other side of the coin I think the two were uh, Devon H.A. I think he's really interesting mm. to me because he's one of the more physically talented players in the class from like a pure speed standpoint, right? He's a yeah. 10, 100 meter runner, right? A 4 3 2 40. So uh, this is a guy that can hit the chunks, but you know, he's, I think he's south of 190 pounds. Like this is a guy you're not, not going to give a great workload to. But I, I think really there's a ton of Raheem Mostert to this guy's game, like from the track background to how they carry the ball to how they cut and to how they run with physicality even though they're not the biggest dudes in the world i think he's a big one because i'd love him in a an outside zone scheme mm-hmm. like that's the only thing i think an out a primary like a heavy outside zone scheme like the shanahan um the, the, the like that type miami of scheme. get this guy to miami yep a hundred percent. They, they, hey, they just re-signed Mostert too. So I mean, get uh-huh. get his successor behind him and let him rock, man. Because I think that's going to be where he shines the best. I, I really just like it. that. For me, like when I see a guy having a ton of success, that's where I think he, him having success is going to be in that type of scheme. I think that's a big one for me. The other one is is um, Dwayne McBride. Okay. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that struggles a lot with, with with outside zone and inside zone too sometimes because I think he doesn't have the accelerative capabilities to get in and like to weave himself through traffic and once he sees like space and inside like that's the big thing like really good inside zone runners can see it hit it and then okay cool path changes change direction and you know get up field right. outside zone. You need to read your cutbacks and and get downhill immediately. He does. He can't really do that very well. I think he's more of a gap oriented runner. The NFL, I think, is moving actually a lot more towards gap too. Yeah. Um. But I think he's someone who's more of like a secondary or tertiary type player. But I think he he's someone I'm. I think might be a day three pick. Kind of an energy giver. But I think those are the two that kind of come to mind. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, man. This was this was great. I feel like we that was what a, a tight half hour. We covered like half the class here in pretty good detail. I appreciate you coming on, Angelo. Um, yeah, yeah, check him out uh, on Twitter at Angelo underscore Fantasy. Check out the website. There's all sorts of free profiles on running backs, receivers, quarterbacks up there right now. Um, you can look at his historical prospect grades and stuff. So Angelo's one of the best out doing it right now. Uh, hit like, hit subscribe. And uh, catch me next time. Peace.
Wow. <laughs>